Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast. I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kunj. How you doing? Eh? Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My feelings go as the Yankees go, and it's been a very eh week. Yeah, very much uh, down the middle. They are uh, three and three since our last recording, and that included a uh, very spoiled to say, but still a season high tying three game losing streak. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> there, but it was also not very fun to experience as the Yankees did not exactly play super well during it. Granted, I mean, even still, two of those games were leading losses, and then the other one was a game where they had the lead and just sort of fell apart in the middle innings. But not, not, not the most entertaining time for the 2022 team, but they pulled out a walk off win last night thanks to the old. 2021 MVP, the wild pitch who came through with the in the tenth inning last night. So, kudos I, to the wild I pitch. Still, I still say they should have mobbed the ball after that instead of mobbing DJ. <laughs> Woo, it was funny because like, DJ scored and everyone just looked confused. Like, who do we run to? I guess like, eh, whatever. It's his birthday anyway. Let's uh, let's mop him. <laughs> was it DJ's birthday? It was. Oh, happy birthday, DJ! Yeah. Well, we missed it, so. 
Happy belated birthday. Yeah, okay. You Ooh. share a birthday with my dog. So oh, wow. Hey, wow, that's a hey. What a, what an honor to share I was with Leia. Too, I was too busy celebrating her instead of DJ LeMahieu. I apologize, sir. Yeah. Well, <laughs> happy 34th to DJ LeMahieu. Got a game-winning run in there. So yeah. thank you to uh, Alexis Diaz, too, from the Reds. Woo. Yeah, no, it's, it, yeah, it's been a... A very annoying week, obviously, because it just wasn't fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're like either you or I are as like thinking like, oh my god, the world is falling, the sky is falling, like this is it, doom, doom, doom. Because well, it's not that, not not yet at least. But and this is actually what we've been talking about is like why it's good the Yankees have built up such a big lead and uh, like how important their first half dominance was because it affords you like crappy weeks like this where you go three and three which isn't even the worst of weeks to be honest right no <laughs> i think it's it more just like a crappy week yeah it's more just the way it happened and we right. sort of we like had a little bit of that earlier in the season too like i think back in may there was a series against the the rays it was also a road series where they won the first two at the trop then they lost the last two and then you sort of left with a bad feeling in your mouth and then that's yeah. basically the same thing that happened with Fenway because they played really well they won the first two games at least the first one was pretty close at six to five and you know they had a very good chance to win on Saturday but they uh they got walked off rally against Wanda Peralta and also a blown save by Clay Holmes in there so but I mean it's hard to win road series at Fenway Park it just always is and the Red Sox are annoyingly resilient at times. So, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I guess it, may, it might be overly reductive to just say whatever. But again, you can do that when your division lead is 14 games in early July. And I know some people are a little unsettled about how close like the Astros are getting to like, home the top seed but that's such a long term thing (laughs) yeah like we still have half the season to go the astros are unquestionably at this point playing in a worse division than the yankees even the orioles now are 10 game winning streak on over 500 and they're in last place in this division and the astros get to play a whole bunch of this defeated looking angels team the rangers who are fine but whatever and the a's who are one of the worst teams in baseball so yeah, if they they may well end up catching the Yankees, if not only because they have a much lighter schedule. Yeah, and like my one takeaway is like the the, the more annoying series. I like I wouldn't even consider this Red Sox series like one of the more annoying series of this season. And like for me, like what makes an annoying series when the offense just completely doesn't show up and just looks tired or beat or defeated or they just don't look like they don't want to play. At least the offense showed up for the most part. I feel like against the uh, against the Red Sox, it was just like a few bad pitching performances, like a couple meltdowns and whatever. And like, that's kind of stuff that's just going to happen. It just sucks that it all happened together, mm-hmm. but I, I I'll take those kind of losses, like for like, you know, random scattered crappy weeks. Then like just the offense is just tired or whatever the hell is going on where like they look like they, can, they can't buy a hit. So I'll take it. Yeah. And, he, and that was even happening with Stanton still sort of working through some slumps. Aaron judge has been battling some soreness and has not really looked the same for about like a week or so at this point, it's not an IL situation, but you can tell that he's probably just, you know, working through it. He's sadly might not be on that like 60 home run pace anymore, but that's okay. Excuse me. 74 home runs. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pardon me. (laughs) Excuse yourself, sir. (laughs) 
yeah. But like back to the asterisk thing, it's one of those things. Like, of course, yes, I would love to see the Yankees challenge for the wins record. I'd love to see the Yankees end up as the best team in baseball. And they did jump out to a great lead to do so. But it's if they end up losing like the home field advantage, it'll be annoying, but it's also not going to be the end of the world. They, at some point, they are going to have to beat the Astros in Houston in the playoffs. They, they're just going to have to do it. And if they don't end up getting home field advantage in that series, which may or may not happen anyway, then whatever. I mean, you, you have to find a way to get it done. And I know that like 2017 is always in the back of people's mind because all the home teams won the games in that series. And so the Yankees were out of luck when the series ended in Houston. But that's that series is very much an anomaly. And that doesn't really speak to how any future Yankees Astros series would go. You know, that series was also five years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like Sonny Gray and Jacoby Ellsbury were on that team. Right. Chase Headley, it, that holiday, it's ancient it's history at this point. I know that like the Astros have a way of sticking in people's memory for like a reason, especially that team with everything that's gone on in the aftermath of it. But that's not a series you base like, okay, well, we need home field advantage. Otherwise, it's just a hopeless endeavor. People kind of forget yeah. that in 2019, the Yankees won the first game of that ALCS against the Astros in Houston. And then right. they played like not very well at home. They lost two out of three at <laughs> Yankee Stadium. And that's one of the reasons why they were in the situation that they were in to lose game six on the stupid LTV home run. Yeah. And like, understandably, yeah, like the Astros have scarred people, like you said, or whatever. And it's still right. Rightfully hate them. I don't like them as yeah. a team either. I strongly hate them but i'm not gonna let like a series five years from ago dictate like what i care about more right now like i just want to make sure the yankees are playing well they're doing their thing and they get into the playoffs which again all these things should happen but you can't let one bad week just let you scar you from like what the yankees have accomplished overall this season so far yeah and I think at this point, obviously, we still have a season to go. Baseball is very weird, but the Yankees are in a very good position to at least skip that first round regardless with the new buys that are in there for the playoff format this season to the three wild cards. And you move from there. I th- And I think they will still have a good chance of winning that home field advantage regardless, but that's what you're, what you're really thinking about. Yeah, exactly. And also, one more, you know, if we're reaching into random baseball history, fun facts. 2019 World Series, Nats Astros, the road team won literally every game. You know, it's baseball is just kind of a weird sport. Home field advantage is good to have, but it's not the be all end all. And it will be okay if the Yankees do not get it. But ideally, they do. Like home field advantage is like always. It's more nice to have than anything that's truly determining anything. It's like, I mean, up until a couple of years ago, home field advantage was defined, decided by the stupid all-star team. Like, yes, it's 100% a factor. It's 100% something that matters. I'm not trying to undermine it, but it doesn't matter that much. Be the better team, play better. You're going to win the series. Exactly. So little mini rant over, but probably talk about some things in specifics for these past few days. Clay Holmes, uh, probably in his first uh, bad stretch of the season, which is very odd to see, but it's hard to maintain a 0.47 ERA or whatever over a full season. And, you know, it it happens. He gave up a game-tying hit to the Red Sox, looked actually bad against the Reds. Honestly, in both games, he managed to squeak out of uh, the jam last night to get the game into extra innings or to give the, give the Yankees a chance to win in the bottom of the ninth and then late of the 10th. But 
I think you, when you have a pitcher this dominance, again, it's sort honestly sort of like a microcosm of the whole Yankee season thing. You can afford to have like a little hiccup week in some time in there. Like this would happen to Mariano Rivera all the time. Remember the what? What's wrong with Mo week? Uh, a no, staple yeah. of season annual. <laughs> annual what's wrong with mo week is he finally done yeah. no he was not yeah and then he was dominant until the very last so, you yeah. know and, and that's not to say that clay holmes is for sure by ron rivera but it gives you the confidence that he's going to be able to work through what's going on right now the team still has a lot of confidence in him obviously they sent him right back out the very next day after uh, not recording a single out against the Reds and he got through the inning. It was a little up and down, but he got through it. So that's all you can ask. He'll get tonight off at least to breathe. And then we'll see him possibly in this Red Sox series before the all-star break. Yeah. And the one thing to remember is like, yeah, obviously he's been like otherworldly, otherworldly this season, but it's not just this season where he's been good. Like they, the Yankees have turned him around ever since he came over from the Pirates so it's not like it's like a small sample size but like oh he's just like on a hot streak to start the season or anything like that no like they literally turned something around in Clay Holmes and unlocked a whole new chapter in his career for lack of a better term so yeah you have confidence he's gonna bounce back he'll be fine Michael King went through this earlier in the year and like you know since then he's come back with the vengeance so yeah. you know maybe a little bit of fatigue I mean he does I think leads the American League in games pitched he does um, yeah 40 but I don't, uh, yeah, I, I remember he led the AL. So like maybe a little bit of fatigue, maybe whatever the hell's going on, who who knows, but it was the right thing to do just to put him right back. Although again, like you said, he give, he didn't, it was a little bit of a nail biting situation on Wednesday as well, but Hey, congrats on getting out of it. Yeah. And like, not all these things are going to be worked through the snap of a finger. So, no, you know, he'll, he'll figure it out. Sometimes closers just have weird stuff going on. This is a good week, a reminder that I was watching the uh, the free YouTube game yesterday afternoon. That was Brewers and Twins, and Josh Hader did not record a single out in the ninth inning and give up a three-run home run to end the game to the Twins. So, yeah, this it's just things happen. Yeah, closers they are finicky, even the best of them. <laughs> what I have preferred for Clay Holmes is like ERA plus to go from like a thousand to seven hundred to. You know, a pedestrian two, whatever it is right now. Two eighty two. What are we doing here? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> yeah. Like, would I have preferred for that to all happen within a span of like a week or two and to come all at once? No, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So even after that, like this bad week and blow up for him, his ERA is still at a one point three four, which is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. And they when especially if they are still maintaining a lead like this in September, then they can very much like space things out if they still need to. And he hasn't like, you know, suffered any injuries or whatever that would be hindering his innings limits. So right. uh, they work through it. But I guess speaking of injury, we should talk about uh, Luis Severino. Uh, he had to leave the start yesterday against the Reds with uh, some right shoulder tightness. He gave up uh, three consecutive home runs in the second innings. So that was uh, not great to see, but, and his velocity was also down a little bit, but he, after a mound visit with the trainer, he seemed to put it together, uh, finished the inning, but then he pulled himself after not really being able to warm up and get comfortable in the third. So the Yankees are still waiting on MRI results as we are speaking, but we are crossing our fingers right now and hoping that, nothing's too nothing there's nothing too wrong with Severino because that would be a bummer yeah yeah no absolutely especially with like the season he's had so far like yeah it it hasn't been there's been a couple hiccups here and there but for the most part he's looked amazing and just what he's been able to accomplish so far is still 
nothing short of amazing just uh, with the amount of time he's missed. So you don't want him to miss any more significant time. But yeah, it was it was a little tough to see. He was uh, preparing to be my man for the week because I thought he was just having a bad start. And I was like, hey, that's my dog's birthday. Rude. But yeah. <laughs> then I guess I guess I'll forgive him if, you know, he just wasn't right. And he's he wasn't. He was hurt, so you're forgiven for now. But just get better, sir. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, but like 2019, he had like shoulder tightness, and that had pretty much kept him out for most of the season until coming back in late September. So that lurks in the back of your mind always. And he's on 86 innings at this point, which is obviously way more than he's thrown in any season in four years. So he is still trying to get back to normal. They are probably. I think even if like the MRI is clean, they'll probably just shut him down for at least these last few games because he wouldn't be scheduled to pitch anyway for the way the rotation was lined up through the end of the All-Star break. And then probably at the beginning, when they resume next week, they would probably be putting him toward the end of that shuffle anyway, if they can. So then they give him like a full, what would basically be two starts off. So um, I think that is probably something that will happen regardless and they will definitely treat him very carefully because again the the advantages that they built up have allowed them to play things a little safe so it could be very much akin to like earlier in the season and also last year when like Giancarlo Stan had like a little minor injury and they're like we'll put him on the 10-day IL just to be safe they may end up doing the same thing with like Severino yeah and especially like again assuming and hoping everything is nothing's it's nothing too serious and stuff like that this is probably the right time to do it because as you said, like, you know, we're leading right into the all-star break and he's not going to pitch again until after the break anyway. So you do it, you end up skipping like two, the equivalent of two starts. You can maybe even afford to do a third if, um, you know, Domingo Armand is there. Cause he looks like, a, he looks like he's on the verge of returning. He was with the, with the team yesterday. So you could probably get away with it for a little bit and uh, see what you uh, see, what you do. And then just give his arm, a li- uh, give his arm and shoulder a little bit of time to rest. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, exactly. That's like the whole reason that they were stretching Herman out to start rather than just be a reliever. They want that flexibility to be able to just throw him in the rotation. Do either of us love Domingo Herman? Not really, but (laughs) this is why he's around. So you might as well use him. You can use JP Sears as well. He provided some relief of Severino yesterday and was solid again. Give a couple runs this time, but that's okay. So you have possibilities to throw out there for after the All-Star break when his spot in the rotation comes up again. And obviously, even like if you're recording this later in the day, we would know very a little bit more about what's going on with Severino, whether he's going to be out for like a couple months or just like a couple weeks. But uh, either way, you can look at the in the immediate future and know that they will probably not see much of Seve for the rest of July. And that's OK. Yeah, They're going to have to control his innings at some point. And this is, you know, just uh, the human body's way of saying it's going to happen now. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Pretty much his body's like, you might want to control my innings now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because the Yankees are still very much looking at the October because they would love to have Severino ready to start one of those games in a playoff series, particularly with um, <laughs> just to segue again to uh, with Jamison Tyone looking sort of like the pre-July Jamison Tyone of last year. He's looked really bad. I appreciate like in post-game things, he's very much owned it. He's not like, oh, well, I'm just like here or there. He's like, no, I'm just working on some things. It's not very good right now. I need to figure out how to get better. And his, his stuff is probably the kind of stuff in the rotation that I have the least confidence in of the, the group of starters, but maybe he will figure out something again like he did last year. That's all I can really hope right now. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Well, both things that you just said were like, you probably have the least confidence in his stuff. But you also see the potential. You've seen how he's able to pitch, excuse me. So you know that he can do it. It's just whatever he needs to figure out, you know, hopefully him and Matt Blake can do it sooner rather than later. He's someone that like, I think last week we talked about maybe could use us a, uh, a, a skip in the rotation, but maybe they can't afford that right now uh, with Severino possibly being injured. So you just kind of hope he figures it out sooner rather than later and, um, you know, kind of take it from there. But it has not been fun to watch Tyone pitch the last few weeks. Yeah, just to put some numbers on it, uh, 8.57 ERA in his last four starts. That is 20 runs and 21 innings and 30 hits and seven homers. So not the recipe that you normally want for success. But even if we stretch it back a little bit further to his like basically his first start after his perfect game attempt against the Angels, it's uh, 6.81 ERA in seven starts. So he's, you know, he's battling through it. We will see what goes on. They haven't announced the rotation yet for the Red Sox series this weekend, so they may end up skipping him. But I have a feel like maybe they would start Herman in one of his sparks instead because they want to play it safe or something like that. But I guess we will see what they decide to do with Tyon. But either way, he needs to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. After that run of like no hitter attempts and perfect game attempts, it's just it's been a very up and down a uh, few weeks for the uh, for the rotation as a whole. Obviously, Cole had like a maybe like a bad game. I think the last one was against the Twin. No, I'm not talking about the Rafael Devers game because Rafael Devers just owns him. Yeah, but, that was that was a weird start where I was like, really good. Other than you know Rafael Devers continuing to own him. <laughs> yeah, my note is: Who does Garrett Cole hate more, Rafael Devers or Billy Crystal? Probably Crystal. Yeah, he's he but, wants to see them in like a WWE match and be like, "Oh, you get him!" If they're ever facing each other, he's just Garrett Cole just stood there rooting for a meteor. Yeah, but he's got to figure out how to pitch to Devers at some point. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, but and I know that there's a reason Rafael Devers is one of the best hitters in baseball. This is not exactly like, oh yeah, just get this guy out. It's so easy because. Devers is an absurd talent. Even those two pitches he hit for home runs were like way down. And he Especially pulled that it out. Second one. Yeah, that was like it almost looked like it could have been like a pop-up center, but it just kept going and going and going. And you know, we have we are lucky enough to watch this all the time on uh, our benefit with some of the pitches that like Giancarlo Stan hits for home runs. Like the honestly, the one he hit yesterday was sort of like that. <laughs> Granted, that was a very much a short porch special, but even still, it's like way up and out, and he still took it out. But Devers is that has that kind of talent too. And Cole's just got to figure shit out. Yeah, at least he's not being owned by like somebody who's not good. Like it's not it's not like the random like if an IKF was on the Red Sox and Garrett Cole's just being owned by him. It's like what the hell's going on here, buddy? Yeah, like, or at least like it's the like legitimate uh, player, or like the G-Man Choice stuff of past years. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would very much like them to uh, him to figure that out. Otherwise, you know how Roldis Chapman's not allowed to pitch against the Red Sox at all. <laughs> Garrett Cole might just have intentionally walked Devers every time. Yeah. But Cole looked better against the Reds. Very shocking, I know, that Garrett Cole would pitch well against the Reds. But seven shutout innings, 11 strikeouts. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. And then they just not win that game because of uh, Holmes falling apart in the ninth. Whoops. But, But again, Cole has sort of returned to that, like, stabilizing force in the rotation. Not that he was ever bad before this, like, June, but he had been sort of overshadowed, I guess, a little bit by like the Nesters and Tyons and Sevies of the world. But he has been the rotation's rock in recent weeks. Uh, Jordan Montgomery has been solid. 
But Nestor Cortez has slowed down a little bit. He still made the all-star team, so that's cool to see. But uh, he is still... He's sort of facing similar challenges that Seve is, where not necessarily injury as much, but running up against, I haven't pitched this many innings in uh, a long time. And in his case, never at the big league level. So that is something for the Yankees to track in the second half as well. And may well end up affecting if they decide to add a starter or not at the, on the trade deadline. Pretty much. And just to kind of go back to what you were talking about, Garrett Cole, since his like blow up in uh, Minnesota, where he allowed seven runs in two and a third innings, Garrett Cole's pitched to a 2.06 ERA in uh, over six starts, almost basically 40 innings, 39 and a third innings. And that includes that five runs that Rafael Devers was responsible for. But besides that, you know, he's been very, very good. He's been pitching at, at least six innings in all those starts, and he's reached the seventh and even the eighth innings three of those times. So Kudos. And even that game against uh, uh, the Red Sox where Devers kind of tagged him up a lot and owned him, he still went and gave him six innings. So that's exactly what you want from your ace. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, Nestor Cortez has a phenomenal start to the season, but there was never any doubt that, you know, Garrett Cole is the ace of this rotation. And like you said, he's the rock of this rotation. Yeah. So Nestor's just got to work through it. They'll be able to give him some time. But I'm curious to see what the Yankees deadline approach will be if they are super interested in adding a guy like Luis Castillo, who is starting tonight against the Yankees and they'll get an up close spotlight at him or maybe one of the other stars that's on the market, but they could very well decide that they want to roll with what they have. And then their internal options there to back up as well. If you're uh, your series, your Hermans, uh, Ken Waldachuk is working down at AAA. Maybe that'll be an option later in the season. Clark Schmidt's another guy yeah. who they sent oh, yeah, down. Forgot about him. They sent him down after working in like middle relief, basically through like mid June, because they wanted to have him stretched out as a possible eventual starting option. And he is almost there. He, I think, in his last outing, he threw uh, four or five innings. So he's getting closer to that point where he could be an option for that. And honestly, he would interest me more than any of those other guys with all, even though I do like JP Sears, I think Schmidt's ceiling is higher. Waldachuk, I don't know if he's quite there yet. And Herman, we are, you know, just perpetually mad about, so. Uh. <laughs> Pretty much. And like, I think the Yankees have enough depth to kind of tread the waters right now, but, and I feel like Cashman's priority is going to be finding another outfielder to basically replace mm-hmm. Joey Gallo and also sending Joey Gallo somewhere. But I just hope this isn't one of those th- uh, times where like Cashman's just uh, like, cause he tends to have, he has a tendency to kind of sometimes just focus, like have tunnel vision or just focus in on his one thing. But then, you know, sometimes I'll ninja Cashman out of nowhere and like while acquiring Joey, Riz- uh, Joey Gallo, he'll just randomly turn around and get Anthony Rizzo too. So I hope sometimes he'll randomly way. end up with Andrew Heaney, like five minutes before the deadline. The only thing is that yeah. Andrew Heaney was Andrew Heaney. So whoops. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So I hope he doesn't do pull something like that where he just, like I think I hope he does actually go out and get another starter because I think this team could use it and get somebody like real but we'll see I think starter is probably second on his priority list after outfielder because yeah Joey Gallo man yeah um, <laughs> Joey Gallo still Joey Gallo and also they have another concern popping up because Aaron Hicks uh, fouled the ball off his shin that was not very pretty looking he had clean uh, MRIs afterwards so it's probably just a really bad contusion but I mean, you never know how, like, it might affect him over, like, the next week. And he had just been starting to come on really strong since the beginning of June, as we talked about in recent episodes. But that's just another reason to, you know, make it outfield a priority. Right. Exactly. Especially because, like, right now, Aaron Hicks is basically, like, center fielder 1B to Judges 1A because Judges pretty much become the center fielder for the team. But without Aaron Hicks there, you're basically slotting uh, 
Joey Gallo in at center behind Judge and then having like Marvin Gonzalez or Matt Carpenter play like a lot more outfield than you probably want them to. Yeah. So they are, I'm sure, very much still thinking about like outfielders, but maybe not yeah. really think about like an Andrew Benintendi or Michael A. Taylor as much. Or because avoid the Royals at all costs. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently they are rolling into Toronto for a series with 10 of their players not there. <laughs> Man, that is impressive, almost like an impressive amount of people to just be like, now nah, we're good. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Whit Merrifield for being like, well, we kind of suck, so I don't really want to bother. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I did love that. He's just like, yeah, maybe if I go to a team that, like, is better and has to go to play in Toronto, then I'll, I'll get the shot. And it's also, it's also funny because, like, I assume that quote was from Andrew Benintendi because, like, you know, he's been the talk of trade talks for a couple weeks now because he's, you know, having a very good year and, you know, the Royals are not. But then, like, I just didn't even see it. And then when I was talking to you about it, you're like, wasn't that Whit Merrifield? He's like, who the hell wants his old watch staff anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Whit Merrifield <laughs> is not exactly the guy he was a couple years ago. Breaking news. I think, I think Whit Merrifield's quote was the MLB equivalent to uh, Kevin Durant's trade request. It's like, please get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in Brooklyn. <laughs> but, yeah. Of, like, I know the Yankees have been linked to uh, Michael Taylor. Um in recent weeks just because of you know what he can do and i was mad on that anyway because it's not really like he's really that great of a player but just avoid the royals at all costs please and thank you yeah <laughs> and if, honestly we should segue to talk about the blue jays a little bit too because they made a pretty surprising move that even though we're yankees podcast should remark upon they uh fired their manager charlie montoyo who you know he wasn't like the worst guy in the world, but apparently they were just not very satisfied with the, the messaging in the locker room. The players were, even though like some of them were like upset to see him go, it's the seemed like whispers behind the scenes that a lot of the players were looking for a little bit more energy in a manager and the Bleachers had not been playing well recently. And honestly, even like going back to like when Montoya started, his full record as Blue Jays manager was like exactly 500. Obviously, yeah, it was they, like 236 and 236 or something. Yeah. And obviously, they like just barely missed the playoffs last year. They did make the playoffs in the expanded field of 2020, but that was just more like a bonus. Hey, we're in. And then they got their ass kicked by the Rays and then they were gone. And, uh, but last year, I think they were hoping, even with that, like, missing the playoffs by one game that's like oh that sucks but even still they were probably a good enough scene that they shouldn't have been that close to it and this right. this year even now they uh hold one of the wild card spots but like they hold one of the last wild card spots and are tied with like the the red sox and mariners for it and only a game and a half and a game and a half behind the rays and they were very much looking forward to not being that close to the conversation obviously i think they they were the consensus American League East favorites, and that might be a, a pipe dream at this point, but they were hoping to not be this close to the bubble with this, with this kind of offense. So uh, they're going with their uh, bench coach from now on. Yeah. And like like you said, like he seemed like a decent enough dude, but I, I do think like overall the body of work hasn't been great, especially for what like the Blue Jays' expectations have been the last few years. Um like every year like in the postseason uh in the preseason like everyone's talking about the blue jays the moves they make and all that and then something just doesn't really end up working out too great for them 
So maybe they just needed a new voice. And I think I saw something where like he had lost the uh, lost the locker room like before like their Mariners series or whoever they were playing. So that doesn't help. No. And if that's truly the case, then yeah, get another voice in there and then just kind of ride out the season and get an early head start on looking at new candidates. Yeah. Well, and he will get a nice little introduction because they got four games against the the very unvaxxed Royals, and we're playing like you know a one third, uh, honestly like maybe half since they're the Royals, a half AAA roster. So, <laughs> and they also just got to play two against the Phillies, who lost their starting catcher JT Realmuto, uh, Alec Bohm, and a couple other players. <laughs> they could not play in Toronto. So, uh, cool, great advantage. <laughs> Yeah, n- nice little way to uh, start off your managerial career. Like, oh, good, we don't have to, you know, play the team's best talents. So that's nice. Man, the Orioles are two games out of a wild card spot. The Orioles are lurking. Yeah, they've won ten in a row, uh, and so have the Mariners. The Mariners are now tied yeah. with that wild for that second wild card spot with uh, Toronto and uh, Boston. So. Yeah. Both of them are just rolling right now. They're very much back in the race. And the Mariners, I would say, very much back in the race. The Orioles are just, you know, pure now. They're just like, oh, okay, you're at the party too? I didn't realize this. Yeah. yeah. My kingdom for the the Mariners, the Orioles, well, not the Mariners, because it's just funny to me that they never make the playoffs. So I'll, I'll, I'll let that continue. Rude. My kingdom for the <laughs> Orioles and the Guardians to just make the playoffs instead of the three ALEs teams. Yeah, we'll we'll allow the uh, the Mariners to be the third wild card and like Orioles, Guardians, and Mariners. That would be really funny. It's kind of it's kind of really funny to me that the Mariners don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's cool. It's something against the Mariners or Seattle personally. Seattle looks like a very lovely town. One of my favorite TV shows is set in Seattle, so that's a, my connection to it. Um, it's just honestly very funny to me, and I'm a terrible human being. I know, I know, but don't make the playoffs, Mariners. <laughs> yeah, do it for cringe, or rather, don't do it for cringe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but the the Orioles they are 45 and 44 as we speak, and even like they're it's not like totally fluky either because they've given up 377 runs, they've scored 371 runs, so they're basically like a 500 team by Pythagorean record too, and also third order. So they are really good. Well, I don't know if I should say really good, but they are way more respectable than anyone thought they would ever be. Yeah, I was going to say, they're a legitimate baseball, major league baseball team. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're quite, quote unquote, good yet, but they're definitely like not a laughing stock right now, which is, you know, kudos to them because they had been for quite a few years. Yeah. In recent memory. Yeah, and they've they've honestly been playing like a lot better since Adley Rutschman was called up too. It's like, oh my god, imagine calling up your best prospects, and you know, it's yeah. not like he's been setting the world on fire, but he's been very very solid as a rookie, and I think that's probably sort of energized that team too. Yeah, and like an Orioles team like this, like if the Yankees played like uh, played against them and you know had like the record that they did like last year against them it wouldn't be as frustrating because it's like okay this is at least a decent respectable team they probably like I think we mentioned this a couple weeks ago or you mentioned it I think specifically but in another division they probably have even a better record than they currently have right now like I think they're in the AL Central they're definitely better than you know 45 and 44 just because of the class of their opponents so it's just it's it wouldn't be as frustrating but yeah no kudos to them yeah. And part of this is also they were playing 
uh, like the Rangers for three. They swept the Angels in four. Then they played two games in Chicago against the Cubs. So they have not had the toughest competition, but also the fact that we very much expected the Orioles to be said in the, within the same sentence as not tough competition. You know, credit. They've had their longest winning streak since 1999. So yeah. whatever. And the, thing is, and the thing is, like, a good team, they're supposed to beat up on the bad teams. And that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's not it's not hard to sweep a team that has like I, I get that the Angels are like very 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 much underwhelming and disappointing like every year, but it's still not hard to sweep a team that has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hey, if they want to continue the the winning over the weekend at, at the drop, then go right ahead because that would make me laugh. Please go ahead and take over the race for the top wild card spot. <laughs> Like uh, somehow the Orioles returned. <laughs> oh God! Please don't make them Palpatine in this. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm not sure if I can envision That's a world rude. where the Orioles are Palpatine. It doesn't really make sense. Oh man, my mind is going into some weird place where I'm trying to combine Palpatine with Baltimore, and it's just I, I don't. Nope, we're done. We're moving on from the Orioles song. Yes, over. <laughs> Let the old bay run through you. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> I'm over this. I'm over this. All right. On, on that on that note, <laughs> I think we should take a ad break to, to uh, cleanse the palate. So we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, and we're back. So uh, before we get into the end of our show, we'll talk about, uh, the, just for a little bit, All-Stars. Uh, Judge and Giancarlo Stan were obviously voted into the starting lineup. That was cool to see that Stan didn't even have to go through the uh, other selection process. He just made it in through uh, fan votes for the last outfield spot, starting with uh, Mike Trout and Judge. So, hooray, G. And the four All-Stars who were named on the rest of the roster, Garrett Cole, Clay Holmes, uh, Nestor Cortez, and Jose Trevino, our old we did pal it. behind the plate. He made it. We did it. We got him there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was my mission for the past few weeks uh, is to get Jose Trevino into the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole grand total of two times I voted, um, got him there. Good work, Even though man. it didn't, but it you got him it. there. It worked. Yeah. It worked. I did it. All me. Hey, I actually voted for Giancarlo in the, the phase two of the voting because I was like, eh, we will play my part. Just because if it was anyone else, I think it'd be more meant. But I just really love the idea of Giancarlo Stanton being at the All-Star game as a Yankee just because that hasn't happened before, which is kind of weird. But he deserves to have had yeah. that happen. And obviously, I was voting for Trevino in that process, too. But Giancarlo was the one who was actually on the bubble. Yeah. Well, so when I say my grand total of two votes, I voted once in phase one once in phase two i don't have time to sit there and do multiple votes a day or just yeah. vote every single day i mean i do have the time i have literally nothing better to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah but phase two is like you were maxed out of voting once per day and I, I never voted more than once per day anyway but like it was just like okay good. I let's vote, keep this I literally vote once per phase because i'm like I, I don't have the time to remember it yeah it's like, um, oh, yeah but yeah no especially because like I genuinely felt like Giancarlo had his best chance this season than he ever had. It's because since he came over, but like the last couple of years, he's been in the DH spot. And obviously 
he's had a lot of uh, competition there mm-hmm. with uh, the DH, but him actually being in the outfield this season was, uh, I think, a big benefit or help to him because he didn't have to compete with Shohei Otani or Jordan Alvarez. So, yeah. you know, he actually... And then it's not just like he needed to be the only person voted in there. He was able to be one of the top three, which gave him a better chance. And he absolutely deserves it. You know, he's at 23 home runs right now. He's well on his way to 75 or above. <laughs> and yeah, it's just something I've been wanting to see. The one thing I am going to like rant about for like a good 12 seconds is I was on the MLB shop website and it's pissing me off that I can buy a judge all-star jersey and a Cole all-star jersey and nobody else. That is weird. Judge and Cole, the only two available. Hmm. They better at least get on Giancarlo. (laughs) I guess maybe just the graphics department already just had those made because, duh, everyone knew those two were making the team. Yeah. (laughs) But come on, man. I want my Giancarlo one. Yeah, and I know, like, earlier in the season, I I think it's it's still the case, but it's, it's hard to even find, like, Nestor merch. You know, and yeah, like, well, no, I shouldn't say Nestor merch because obviously you can at least point you can get like Nestor mustache shirts pretty much anywhere, but you don't really right. see a lot in the like the official shop if you just want like a regular old like Yankees t shirt with like Nestor on the back, you know? Yeah, so that's and on another side note, one thing I am going to give kudos to is um, I personally love the all star jerseys this year. Okay, I've been a, I've been a very big proponent of uh, like during the all star game, like the teams, like the players shouldn't be wearing their individual team jerseys during the game because I don't know why that always pissed me off. <laughs> and weird. Then, I always I liked last, it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It was just weird to me. So I'm a big fan of like, hey, let's get something uniform, but then also represent each team. So I'm very much a fan of. Everyone will wear the same color and uh, same color scheme and all that, but then they'll have their own individual logo on the front. So kudos. At least no, wait, my you're end. weird, man. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you're, I, you're, yeah, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even dislike the all-star jerseys this year. I just, they're, they're fine. I'm, I've never really been super uh, like attached to like judgments one way or the other. I thought the ones last year were pretty ugly, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like the ones last year were just, poorly made but i supported what they were trying to do and getting everyone to wear the same thing that's why i think i hated them less than everybody just because i i approved of the concept but yeah no they weren't great yeah they look like weird like corporate soccer mishmash polos (laughs) yeah or like bowling jerseys of some guy yeah throw that in there corporate soccer polo bowling mishmashes rob manford's like oh yeah that's actually what we're going for so (laughs) I don't hate baseball. This is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we, we yeah. appreciate to see all these like first time all-stars there. I know it was like super cool to see like the videos of especially like Trevino, uh, Cortez and Holmes when uh, I was about to say Girardi, oh, man, when, uh, <laughs> when Boone told them that they were all-stars and obviously they, they range very much and, like Holmes was just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like Trevino's was like very sweet. Cause he was just like, it was just like, Oh, like, yeah, you made it. And then like Holmes was definitely the funniest. Cause yeah. he literally like, he was like, Oh, you're going to LA. Holmes was just like, sweet. Yeah. I think he, I mean, for him, I guess now? it was just like, okay, I kind of expected this and they, they had talked about it. So it was more of an affirmation, but I think it's just like also their personalities too. And Trevino was very much like, well, maybe he'll make it. And you know, it's yeah. been such a crazy journey for him too, in particular. And the cool thing about uh, Nestor is like, you know, they kind of had a little bit of a reveal in that video where like Aaron Boone, I guess, told him in spring training that like, you know, you can make the all-star team or you're going to make the all-star team. I forget exactly what he said. He said you're going to make the all-star team. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just awesome. And then to have that actually come true. Pretty good. Pretty good. Good stuff. 
Yeah. I'm upset we didn't get the Cole, Garrett Cole video. <laughs> yeah, the Garrett Cole, which is very much probably just like a text message. You are on the team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it might have been worse than Holmes' reaction, which would have made it funnier to me. Yeah. He, he probably just like left it on red, honestly. He's like, okay. All right. Aaron Boone's just sitting in his office waiting for Garrett Cole to walk in, walk in to let him know he's an all-star. Meanwhile, Cole's already on his way to LA. Like, yeah. oh, what else did you think? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also a weird thing, too, because, like, it's one of those things where Cole is not going to pitch in the game because he's scheduled to start on Sunday. So, uh, like, I think he would probably still go to the game anyway, but it's it's funny. He'll be like, yep, all right, cool. Then I'll just hang out. Yeah, I'm just I'm just here. I'm just here for the ride. Just don't invite Billy Crystal. <laughs> Have Billy Crystal be his catcher in the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah he would, like, beat him or something. <laughs> Anyway. Billy Crystal was on the uh, the K Rod broadcast the other day, and you definitely know that somewhere Garakol was like, "I feel a disturbance." Yes, yeah, and it was funny because um, I kind of forgot like when uh, when Cole was scheduled to start. So when like I had seen like the uh, the guest for the K Rod cast um, earlier in the day, and I saw Billy Crystal was on there, I was like, "Please tell me Gary Cole's starting today." Please tell me Gary Cole's starting today. And then I remembered like. Eventually, even remembered all week. No, he started the, the, already, so that's not happening, and it was very, very sad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, should we move on to our uh, BRF leaderboard? Yeah. So, um, a few changes, few notable changes up here, but like towards the top, it's kind of all you know. It's still the, obviously the Aaron Judge show, uh, DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, and then Garrett Cole is still working his way up kind of, you know, hovering around the bottom slowly, but surely m- making his way back towards the top where, you know, Garrett Cole probably belongs. Yep. Um, Trevino, Nestor Cortez, Josh Donaldson, Michael King also, you know, working his way back up to prominence. You know, we talked about his like rough stretch earlier in the season a little while ago, and, you know, he made his way off of the leaderboard completely. But since he's come back, um, you know, since he's found his form and come back to the leaderboard, he's been holding steady and still working his way up. Now, my favorite addition to this is Matt Carpenter and his one month worth of games. He's here, man. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> it's just so funny because usually, like when you look at the the leaderboard, you'll see everyone in the same team hat, or whatever, or and all that, and it just it's like Yankee, Yankee hat, Yankee hat, Yankee hat. Matt Carpenter's goofy ass Cardinals face, <laughs> and then back to Yankee with the beard, <laughs> with the beard. It's like what the hell's going on here? But yeah, kudos to the man who already has ten dingers in a month. Yeah, and again, still only has 78 plate appearances and yet managed to put up 1.6 more at that time. Yeah, because all he does is hit his dingers. So yeah. it's um not it's, it's Matt Carpenter's world and we're all just living in it pretty yeah. much. Do rules. <laughs> Cong- and congrats on tying Joey Gallo for the amount of homers on a team. <laughs> yeah, honestly, for a second last night, he hit a ball pretty deep in his pinch hit appearance in the ninth that it looked oh, like that off first, the bat, yeah. it looked like, oh, does that go to go out? But he hit it so hard part of the park, so, oh well. Yeah, it was it was quite close. That it, it was funny when they were like, right after that, it was, um they were showing the slow-mo of that. You just see people jumping down like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. It's like, yep, that's pretty much everybody. Yeah, that yeah, that was actually the Yankees' furthest hit ball of the night, 378 feet. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, and yet G hit one out. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is that uh, hey, Isaiah Counter Falefa, 363 feet on his double, which is honestly, I think that might have been the furthest one he's hit this year since he hasn't homered yet. <laughs> oh God, but 
I, th- I think he had a uh, hit against the Red Sox as well, where like, or was it the Red Sox? Or I forget who, but like, if this was at Yankee Stadium, it actually would have been his first home run. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it's the right field at Fenway, and uh, it's like, oh, wrong park, man. Sorry. Yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. You'll get you'll get there yeah. one day, maybe. Maybe, perhaps, yeah. probably not. Yeah, we'll see. Also, I think, like, I think I think he will run into one at some point. I, I yeah, I believe in him. I, I, I agree. I think there's one in him. I don't know about any more than that, but there's one. Yeah. He maybe or maybe he even like gets it inside the parker, you know. Yeah, get, get some outfielder to screw up and then just run around the bases. If if Hiyashioka has five home runs, IKF can manage one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Higgy does have a little bit more just like random pop that yeah. sometimes emerges than yeah. IKF does. IKF of the career 16 home runs. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Although he did get eight last year in Texas, and that's like, you know, a Costco. So <laughs> that is a Costco. Yeah. Oh. That is that is anyway. uh, that is what Stackass says. Stackass says this place is Costco. <laughs> this place is Costco. Go get some dollar fifty hot dogs and sodas. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Anyway, and then rounding out the top twelve are Clay Holmes and his pedestrian ass self after this week. Uh Anthony Rizzo and Jordan Montgomery, who based on what I was looking at last night, has replaced Luis Severino uh, on the list. Oh, are you so, ready? Are you ready for some breaking news? Oh, God. Is did, it good or bad? Did you see the breaking news? I have not. From Jeff Fasson, the New York Yankees are acquiring utility man Tyler Wade in a trade to the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Uh, I don't know who did it, but I what somebody did it, and they deserve to be sued. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't okay, Tyler okay. Wade like hardcore recruiting Aaron Judge at one point yeah, he, to the Angels? Was. Yeah, that's like actually never mind. <laughs> okay, Joel Sherman says that he's going to AAA, so I guess that's that. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. Who the hell would they get rid of for Tyler Wade? That was going to be my question. But if he's going to AAA, then that's fine. Sure. Congrats. Yeah. Welcome home, I guess. <laughs> we did it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Montgomery rounds out the top 12. So at least there's still three of the starters in there. I missed when all five uh, members of the rotation were in the top 12. But yeah, I not guess sure that was, that's, yeah. not sure if we'll get to get that again. Yeah, That was a fun run. Yeah. Well, hey, if Gary Cole wants to build up on his lead and get even get him closer to back to the top, then do it, my man. Do it. And yeah. uh, yeah. um, so, yeah, I mean. Well, I guess just preview what's upcoming. So they they got the series finale against the Reds uh, later tonight. Then they're at home for Boston uh, against Boston um, for a three game set, and then that leads them into the All Star break, which Hooray. is after which or during which is probably the next time you'll hear from us. Yeah, we will speak after the uh, the home run derby and the All Star game. There's been some whispers that Stan might do the home run derby. He hasn't committed either way yet, but uh, we will find There's- out either way. I think there's one spot left. Yeah, from because the... uh, Jose Ramirez is doing it. They said late last night. So yeah, um, and I, I'm surprised that like there's there might not be a Dodger in there because usually there's at least one person from one... the team. So I wonder if maybe they're like trying to get like Mookie or someone to do it from the Dodgers. But if they're not successful, maybe they'll just be like, "Well, hey, G, you want to do it?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. Or maybe it'll be like we'll someone just totally random who we never really expected. Right. It, w- it would be fun to watch um, just because, you know, it's always fun to watch John Carlo obliterate baseballs. 
hopefully he, this doesn't end like his last time out where he gets eliminated in the first round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although at that time it was fun because Gary Sanchez did it and I love him. But... He did do it. Yeah. What if like Gary Sanchez just randomly the last guy like, yeah, we should bought him again. You know, <laughs> I'm going to LA anyway. Yeah. No, he's not. But I'm going to LA anyway. Hey, sometimes they 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 have invited dudes to the home run derby who were not That's in true. the All Star game before. I think like yeah, actually yeah, like the first time Alonzo did it, he was not invited. No, it's definitely not like a uncommon practice for people who are not an All All Stars to be in the derby because that whatever. Anyway, yeah, maybe it's scary. Maybe it's not. It's probably not. <laughs> Joel, Joel Sherman. Yankees see Wade as depth slash insurance. Probably not a bad fringe benefit in this environment. A pal of judges. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back just if you want to, like, you know, be happy about it, Judge. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, Judge is going to give the Yankees a discount now. You brought Tyler back. Oh, my buddy. What if like your judge was just like, oh, you know what? I actually appreciated the distance that we had between us. So you can... <laughs> now I'm going to sign with the angels. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, oh, okay. Well now I'm ready to go. Artie Moreno. Let's sign that check and never make the playoffs again. Yo, who was it? Uh, was it the Manny Machado thing when like the White Sox signed his like brother-in-law? Yeah. They signed Yonder Alonso and they're like, eh? Eh? and he's like, okay, no, I'm going to get 300 million from the Padres. Bye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they go. Well, so much for that. Oh god, that was a weird time. Anyway, we should uh, probably try to wrap this thing up, shouldn't we? Yeah, I just realized what time is. We've been going on for a little while now. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's not waste any more time. Uh, we'll do the Yankee and Manfred of the week. Who is your Yankee of the week? Is it Tyler Wade? Somebody... <laughs> it's, it's Tyler Wade. He's back. <laughs> uh, no, my Yankee of the week is uh, John Carlos Stanton. At first, it was going to be the voters and everyone responsible for getting John Carlos starting in the outfield and getting Trevino into the All-Star game. And they're probably the more deserving uh, Yankees of the week, Yankee of the weeks, Yankees of the week. Yeah, Yankees of the week. I had it right the first time. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be John Carlos Stanton because uh, yesterday was my dog's birthday and he had a home run, a game-tying home run, that without which they wouldn't have been able to win on that um, wild pitch. So... John Carlos Stanton, you're my Yankee of the week, and Leia appreciates you. Hey, that is fair. Yeah. Got him a birthday home run, or got her a birthday Woo! home run. Got her a birthday yeah. home run, yes. Yeah. All right. My Yankee of the week will be Matt Carpenter because he uh, is slugging, is hitting 467, 556, 933 in the last week in five games and nearly missed a home run last night, too. That would have made the numbers even more ridiculous. But it's a time when the Yankees could use some random contributions and Matt Carpenter has been doing that some more. So keep, keep rocking on, man. I don't understand how this is happening still fully, even with the revamp swing, but happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Matt An honorable mention to Aaron Hicks, who was almost hitting as well, but got injured and uh, not sure when exactly we'll get him back. If it'll be immediate or a little bit longer, but give him a kudos anyway. Um, I thought your honorable mention was going to be to his mustache because I, I know you're questioning how this is possible even with the revamp swing, but we know the answer. It's because of his mustache. It's true. He took pages out of Nestor's book. Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, now we're yeah. getting a reply. Uh, somehow Tyler Wade returned. <laughs> oh, God. Oscar, I think. Oh, no. All right. On that note, who is your man for the week? So... My man for the week is probably going to be a little unfair, but it's gonna it's got to happen. It's um the manager, Mr. Aaron Boone. Uh, I have a very specific reason for this, but I can also pr- 
probably BS out a logical reason for it. So I'm going to try BSing out a logical reason for it first, which is I feel like there was some questionable moves made uh, during the Red Sox series, especially the last couple um, things and like uh, the last couple games of the two losses where, you know, he made some moves or kept people in maybe a little bit longer than he should have. Um, and then just whatever moves he made didn't work, like having Miguel Castro come out. I think that's my BSing my way into a logical answer. But my real answer is I have one rule. It's simple. Aroldis Chapman does not pitch against the Red Sox, the Rays, the Astros, and the Blue Jays. And you know what happened this week? Aroldis Chapman pitched against the Red Sox. Just, just, just. I don't ask for many things. I don't even say, I didn't even say, yeah, don't ever let him pitch again. I'm not that unreasonable. Just don't pitch him against those four teams. I don't want to see his face. That's all. <laughs> and yeah, so don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Just, and like, of course, Aroldis Chapman had to like walk. Uh, not not walk them, but basically load the bases with nobody out before he finally got one out. He gave up the he gave up the lead and took the loss in that game, and then before like finally settling down, and it was like he definitely wasn't the worst pitching performance of that day of that day, but he uh, set it off and yeah, no, and it's all his fault, right? So it's all his fault. Bad Aaron Boone, as one would say, and by one I mean me. Got him. All right, my man for the week. Grab him, snag it up overthink this i thought about doing someone else but jameson tyon man you, just, you can't pitch this badly <laughs> calm down man Whew. yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much it's, we talked about him already so i don't want to carp yeah. him like just attack him too much but hopefully he can figure out what's going on and uh go from there yeah and like i thought about doing like maybe judge just because he's been slumping but at least uh judge has been battling something jmo just no you can't you can't pitch this badly yeah Plus, I think that's more my shtick. <laughs> yeah, to yell at the actually, best players. <laughs> I don't think you've actually given Judge a made for the week. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have. You know what, Aaron Judge, you're also my man for the week. Uh-oh. Feel better. <laughs> All yeah. right. Shall we wrap this up? Let's do it. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Valley. Follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Um, what are you, who are you looking most who are you most looking forward to watching the home run derby? John Carlos Stanton. <laughs> You're just willing into existence. <laughs> I'm willing it. No, uh, I will honestly say Pete Alonso. Um, you know, he's going for his uh, third title. Third now. in a row, too. Um, third in a row, yeah, because 2020 didn't happen. But he's just a lot of fun to watch. I just love the energy he brings when uh, participating in the derby. So it's hard to it's hard to root against that unless, you know, John Carlos Stanton's in there, and then I will 100% be rooting against that. But yeah. It's definitely just fun to watch the energy he brings. And I want to see if he can go for three in a row because that's just always an impressive feat, no matter what. Like, even winning back to back home run derbies is a difficult challenge. But so, yeah, Pete Alonso. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's fun. He's just sort of like a machine in there. So, yeah, pretty much. I think uh, Juan Soto will be a lot of fun to watch too. Uh, yeah. I enjoy how last year he was like, yeah, I'm going to home run. I'm going to do the home run derby to try to fix my swing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's sort of like a thumb in the eye to everyone who like says it's the opposite. And you know what? He hit better in the second half. So maybe he's going to do it again. I will. I will give a honorary mention to Albert Pujols. Um, oh my God. <laughs> just the fact that he's there. I, I don't know what to expect of this, but you know what? Have at it, man. It's your last season. It's your last all-star game. Go have fun. Go nuts. Go nuts, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I mean, this, this this crop of players that they have in this derby is pretty good. I, I I like I love Julio Rodriguez. He's a great rookie to watch. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Schwarber just is just fun to watch. Like he mm-hmm. basically has a home run derby on the field. Uh, Jose Ramirez also exciting and fun to watch. It's, it should be a good. It should be a good show. Yeah, switch hitter in the home run derby too, which is you don't always get. I, I think he should he, uh, change sides of the plate. Just, just. Cause. I was gonna say that. I hope he's. I hope he changes sides. He should have two people throwing to him so he can just keep changing sides. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for us. Let's go Yankees, win some games against the Reds and Red Sox, and uh, we'll go into the All-Star break with style, hopefully. Hopefully. Go team, go. Woo! Bye.